righty, what is going on? Happy Monday. The Pete Callender Show here on News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. If you want to email me your deep thoughts or even just, uh, you know, fleeting ones, that's fine. Uh, it's uh, Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. And also the phone number, 704-570-1110 or 1-800-WBT-1110. You can also find me on Twitter, as apparently hundreds of people have over the last 72 hours or so. Not sure what's going on. Like, just all of a sudden, I've gotten four times as many followers in three days as I usually get in a month. It's so weird. It's almost like some people inside Twitter might be just burning the algorithms. I had no idea I've been throttled or uh, shadow banned or something all this time. I just, I just thought I wasn't creating witty enough content, but apparently I have. So obviously I'm not going to change course now. Uh, but no, I do a lot of work over on, on the Twitter machine. So uh, if you have the stomach for it and it doesn't destroy your sanity, join us along with the now, oh, like that's like 402 people now. Um, all right. Today's term, in case you've never heard of this in political uh, discussions, is stray voltage, stray voltage. I did not come up with this idea. This was a tactic that was used by the Obama administration. And I'm not saying that as a pejorative. I'm not insulting the Obama administration by saying that or any of the people that employed it. They talked about it. Uh, at the time, Major Garrett, the reporter, and I want to say, I don't know, he's bounced around. I think at that time he was with CBS, but I don't recall. But he worked for Fox News for a while as well. Major Garrett, he did an interview, uh, and they talked about, he, uh, he was talking about communication strategy. And one of the advisors inside of the White House, I forget who, talked about the stray voltage tactic. What does that mean? It is where you know there are, at any given time in sort of the political atmosphere, there's electricity. You know, every now and again, you see this, you know, an issue will pop up and it gets a lot of attention. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, what is that? It's almost like the shock when you walk across a carpet in socks and you touch the doorknob and bzz, stray voltage. Oh my gosh, I'm surprised. So the theory here is, the tactic is based on this theory that Rather than wait for the shock to surprise you, you go ahead and intentionally touch the doorknob. Even if you're not looking to go through the door or open the door at all, it's just go over and touch the doorknob so this way you get the shock. You know it's coming. You're not surprised. You're prepared for it. And then you can move on. And you don't have to worry about that shock manifesting itself uh, somewhere else. That's the concept. And so they would employ this by means of, I don't even want to say a scandal. How about this one? Obama's tan suit. Remember that? Yeah, people on the right kind of vaguely remember it. People on the left have a different recollection of it. People on the left think that the right made this into some huge thing. How dare Obama wear a tan suit? Not presidential, blah, blah, blah. The right, and trust me, I know, I... This is the, the sea I swim in. So I could tell you if the right was making a big deal about the tan suit at the time, I would remember that. But they weren't. They really didn't even notice the tan suit until the left started saying, why are you guys making this big deal about the tan suit? 
stray voltage. Draw attention to a manufactured issue or, you know, or one that is real, but you draw attention to some other issue in order to distract from something else. But also it allows you, because if you've you know, intentionally gone over and touched the door handle, then you know it's coming, which means what? You can prepare for it. You can have your talking points. You can use it in a way that you would not normally be able to use it if you were not expecting a particular issue to pop up out of nowhere. So what is all of this about? Why am I talking about this stray voltage there? Well, for starters, the Biden administration is basically Obama 3.0, right? It's the third term of Obama. I think everybody kind of agrees with that at this point. The people that uh, are staffing this administration are people, they're retreads from the Obama era. Uh, and again, that's not an insult. I'm not saying that there's anything inherently wrong with that, although, you know, you can make the argument that they were terrible first time around, so they shouldn't be in there now. But th- that being said, these are people that are plugged into the party apparatus, and so they have the credentials to get those posts. They have the experience to be reappointed to various positions in another administration, precisely because they were part of Obama's team before. Uh, and Hillary's team, you know, the Clinton world folks, they are in there as well. But there was this, there was this sort of uh, melding of the two, Clinton world and Obama world, after Obama beat her. She becomes Secretary of State. They start kind of working together, and you got a lot of crossover going on between the two camps, whereas in the primary season, they were not, they were not working together. All right, so stray voltage and the newly announced disinformation governance board. I think uh, U.S. Senator Josh Hawley was the one who said he first thought that this was satire. Right, and if they had announced the creation of this disinformation governance board inside the Department of Homeland Security, if they had announced it on April 1st, I think everybody, I mean, that would have fooled everybody. Everybody would have known, good joke, uh, Biden. That's hilarious. Mayorkas, Alejandro Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Secretary, What a hilarious joke, except it's not a joke. They want to create this disinformation, or is is create, they are creating this disinformation governance board, or as I like to call it, the DSG. No, no, it's the DGB. I don't even call it that. I call it the Ministry of Truth, because that's the most accurate parallel, or mini-true in Newspeak. And for uh, anybody who has graduated high school from K-12 government schools, I don't know, probably since 2005, you probably have no idea what I'm even talking about. Do you even still read 1984? Is that even assigned reading any longer in K-12 government schools? I don't know if it is or not. It was when I was in school. Misinformation over the last few years has seemingly been an opinion or fact that is in conflict with the CDC or the Biden administration. That's what misinformation has become. The term has lost meaning, much like a lot of terms in our language. That, too, is part of the ministry of truth.
is the dictionary getting on, said Winston, raising his voice to overcome the noise. Slowly, said Syme. I'm on the adjectives. It's fascinating. The 11th edition is the definitive edition, he said. We're getting the language into its final shape, the shape it's going to have when nobody speaks anything else. When we've finished with it, people like you will have to learn it all over again. You think, I dare say, that our chief job is inventing new words, but not a bit of it. We're destroying words, scores of them, hundreds of them, every day. We're cutting the language down to the bone. The 11th edition won't contain a single word that will become obsolete before the year 2050. It's a beautiful thing, the destruction of words. Of course, the great wastage is in the verbs and adjectives, but there are hundreds of nouns that can be got rid of as well. You haven't a real appreciation of newspeak, Winston. Even when you write it, you're still thinking in old speak. In your heart, you'd prefer to stick to old speak, I think, with all its vagueness and its useless shades of meaning. You don't grasp the beauty of the destruction of words. Don't you see? The whole aim of newspeak is to narrow the range of thought. In the end, we shall make thought crime literally impossible because there will be no words in which to express it. Every concept that can ever be needed will be expressed by exactly one word, with its meaning rigidly defined and all its subsidiary meanings rubbed out and forgotten. Already in the 11th edition, we're not far from that point, but the process will still be continuing long after you and I are dead. I mean, every year fewer and fewer words and the range of consciousness always a little smaller. Even now, of course, there's no reason or excuse for committing thought crime. It's, it's merely a question of self-discipline, reality control. But in the end, there won't be any need even for that. The revolution will be complete when the language is perfect. Has it ever occurred to you, Winston, that by the year 2050, at the very latest, not a single human being will be alive who could understand such a conversation as we're having right now? Well, except... Winston started doubtfully, but then he stopped. It had been on the tip of his tongue to say, except the proles, the proletariat. But he checked himself, not feeling fully certain that his remark was not in some way unorthodox. Simey, however, had divined what he was about to say and said, oh, the proles, they're not human beings, he said carelessly. One of these days, thought Winston with a sudden deep conviction, Simey will be vaporized. He's too intelligent. He sees too clearly and he speaks too plainly. The party does not like such people. One day he will disappear. It is written on his face. For folks who went to government school probably before to graduating uh, after, what, 05, you have no idea what that passage is from. It's from George Orwell's 1984 book. I've read it. I got a copy. It's very yellowed and old. I didn't realize it was a blueprint. That was my mistake. I thought it was a warning. Apparently, no, it's the plan. They're not necessarily whittling down the vocabulary by destroying words, sticking them in a memory hole, and getting everybody to speak in certain ways by eliminating words. They're doing it in a different way. Right? They're they're saying these words are now no longer permitted to be spoken, and they're They're forcing the language changes. And I understand language always changes. I do get that. But when you create new words and then punish people who use the old ones, the practical differences between the approaches is minimal, right? 
you're achieving the same ends. And I'm supposed to believe that a disinformation governance board or ministry of truth inside the Department of Homeland Security is supposed to only be focused on trying to crack down on the human smuggling. That's what I'm supposed to believe? That the Department of Homeland Security and its secretary, Alejandro Mayorkas, that has overseen the chaos down at the border, I'm supposed to believe that the creation of the Ministry of Truth is designed to combat human trafficking. Do the words have meaning anymore? Do these words have meaning? Oh, I understand. It's to protect the democracy. Like, there's a word that's now been completely corrupted and bastardized by the Democrats and the media, but I repeat myself. Just like racist, Nazi, right? These words had weight. They had force because they were not used willy-nilly. They were not used on people for just mere disagreement on policy. But now, they, they're almost valueless. Red State's Bob Hogue says that the announcement comes after days of liberal meltdowns over Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter. Leftists are terrified that the social media platform will now host other viewpoints, and that cannot be tolerated. Perhaps this new board is Biden's counterpunch. Barack Obama gave a speech just a couple of days ago, actually, talking about misinformation. And I'm supposed to believe that none of this stuff is coordinated. I'm supposed to believe that all of these acts are unrelated What have I said? Somebody made it a promo. Don't whiz on my boots and tell me it's raining. I will fight you, mainly because you're whizzing on my boots. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Got an email here from Chris. He says, the head of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, announces the creation of the Disinformation Governance Board. It was bad enough having the head of Homeland Security look like Vladimir Putin, but now he has decided to govern like him. Chris? Yes. Uh, The Ministry of Truth. That's what it is, folks. That's what this is. And uh, as John Schindler pointed out, he's a former NSA analyst guy, uh, the tell is where the committee is, where the governance board is. Department of Homeland Security. Homeland Security. This isn't like a foreign intel operation. This is about what's happening in America. And if you think that the DHS isn't going to be using these weapons against uh, Americans, you're crazy. They, they, they talk about it. He talks about it. Alejandro Mayorkas talks about it over the weekend. He did the, he did the circuit, you know, doing all the talk shows. And he talks about how they'll be making determinations, providing guidance, and sending it over to operators. Well, who are the operators? He never says. I got a pretty good idea who the operators are, though. Again, if you were probably born... I don't know, up till year 2000 or something, you do too. After 2000, the operators, you have no context for this. They're the people that you call and they patch you through. No, I'm kidding. It's 
those were operators. But no, you would uh, used to be able to dial zero and get somebody on the phone at any point. Did you know that, kids? It's true. And you'd have to dial it. Why do you call it dial it? Because the rotary phone. Okay, I'm down a rabbit hole. Anyway, the operators are the social media platforms. That's what this is about. You can't tell me this is all coincidental. Unless, of course, you want to make the case that this is stray voltage. That this was conjured up and thrown out there in order to create the stray voltage. Because surely the level of dumbassery involved in coming up with this idea, surely this could not be a serious proposition, right? Surely you're doing this in order to generate outrage, get rid of some of that Stray voltage, so people don't, you know, riot over, I don't know, the burning down of food processing plants all over the country, right? Stuff like that. So people aren't paying attention to that other stuff. They'll, they'll pay attention to these things. By the way, stray voltage stuff was used, um, like the, uh, the birth certificate, the birtherism stuff. And Obama would make comments that always left the door open, kind of vague a little bit. That was purposeful. Because they got a kick out of watching people pursue the birtherism thing. And it was easily attacked as, you know, kookery and such. That was by design. They allowed that to happen. They would throw little bits of it out there. Stray voltage. Again, don't take my word for it. Go look it up. Major Garrett's interview. I want to say it was with Dan Pfeiffer, but I don't remember the aide uh, in the administration who actually described the stray voltage theory. But do a Google search, you'll find it. But if they are serious, if this ministry of truth is actually something that they are seriously, honestly, without any sense of irony, without any kind of employment of a stray voltage tactic, if this is really what they're interested in doing, this is where it's going to go. And uh, Nate Hockman from National Review, he's got uh, two clips here, one or uh, uh, screenshots, one from the Washington Post announcing that Twitter is banning climate change propaganda ads as deniers target platforms, okay? So the the technology reporter, Naomi Nix, in the headline, calls any kind of skepticism of man-made global warming. I mean, everybody, everybody acknowledges that the climate changes, that climate is changing, has always changed, always will change. Uh, again, I need to point this out for people who don't know how, like, ovens work or um, air conditioning units it doesn't maintain a, sta- a constant temperature. Your oven will heat a little bit above 375, and then it'll stop, and then the temperature will slowly drop and drop and drop, and then it gets to, like, you know, 370, and then, boop, it'll fire up again. So it goes, it'll go up and down, up and down, but the average is 375. That's the idea. Same thing with your air conditioner. Otherwise, it would run constantly, right? It would be just constantly pushing out this exact temperature of air, and that's, It's not how those systems work. Think of the planet like that. It's never a constant temperature. It's always going to be up and down. The question is, what impact, if any, does man have? Right? And I believe man can, in, in fact, affect the climate to some degree, the environment to some degree. But what is that degree? In my opinion, it's very low. Very, very, very low. And if I believe Greta Thunberg... How dare you? If I believe her, then we've already missed our opportunity, so screw it. (laughs) 
But no, we could still impoverish ourselves and the rest of the planet just for, you know, virtue signal purposes. Yeah, no, that's the other side of this equation, which is the cost. And who bears the brunt of it? And how lifespan, you know, will decrease and all that. So there are all these things around climate change and the the politics of it. But Twitter has now decided that it's going to ban any kind of advertising for, you know, documentaries, YouTube videos, whatever. Because, like, I, I've bought ads on Twitter promoting my show. So I, anybody can buy an ad on Twitter if you have a Twitter account and you create a business and there you go. You can buy ads. And so these documentaries or movies, they want to buy ads and they challenge climate change. Specifically, they challenge man-made global warming. That's what they were targeting. And Twitter says, no, you can't do that. The social media company says ads cannot contradict scientific consensus. Consensus is not how you do science, by the way. Just feel the need to point that out to all of the, uh, you know, the congregants in the Church of Science and Data. Consensus doesn't make you right. So now you're going to ban ads that contradict what the majority of some scientists say is true. But that's always been the case. Some scientists then challenge the orthodoxy, and lo and behold, turns out that the conventional wisdom was wrong, that the belief prior was wrong, and then everything changes. That's sort of the natural trajectory of human history, in fact. So Twitter's going to ban this based on scientific consensus. In a completely unrelated story, I'm sure, you know, as a harbinger of nothing to come, the medical consensus is that puberty blockers are safe and effective for trans youth. Where do you think the consensus goes on this? And then what, you're going to start banning people for speaking out against that? This is why you need a disinformation governance board, Pete. Yeah, Ministry of Truth, which was actually oxymoronic. It's the complete opposite. Newstalk 1110-993-WBT. It's the Pete Callender Show. You can email Pete at the Pete Callender Show, and I will see it. That's my email. Uh, you can also call 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110 as well. Uh, so going through this piece by Bob Hogue, I've got a ton of other pieces, by the way. I do post all of the uh, the prep. Um, you can get the links over at the Twitter account, which is at Pete Callender. But... Uh, to, to the announcement of this disinformation governance board, it comes just a couple days after everyone on, uh, on the left was freaking out about Elon Musk buying Twitter and saying he wants to make it a free speech platform. And a lot of us on the right are thinking, huh, you don't like the free speech, huh? Interesting. Is it stray voltage or not? I don't know. But Mayorkas, the uh, Homeland, uh, Homeland Security Secretary, Alejandro Mayorkas, he goes on to the talk shows over the weekend. And he goes on with Dana Bash on CNN to talk about the, this newly formed Ministry of Truth. I'm sorry, the Disinformation Governance Board. And she asks him about whether they're going to monitor 
Americans. Take a listen. Will American citizens be monitored? No. Guarantee what, that. Well, so what we do, we, we in the Department of Homeland Security don't monitor uh, American citizens. You don't, but will we, this board change that? No, no, no. The board does not have any operational authority or capability. No, see that? Why? Please. Do you think the security state would be spying on Americans? I mean, just ignore all of those previous examples of the security state spying on Americans. But do you think we would do that? I mean, that's just crazy. He went on to say what it's going to do is gather together best practices in addressing the threat of disinformation from foreign state adversaries. You know, like the cartels and they disseminate the best practices. They're going to send them out to the operators that have been executing in addressing this threat for years. You remember the passage I just read to you about words, the destruction of words? Listen to how many of these words, and you, anybody in corporate world knows this too, government world, right? You, you hear these people making these presentations or in your Zoom calls with the DEI people from HR, and they got all of these words. They use all these big words, and it's the, it's, to me, it's the equivalent of resume stuffing. Right where you where you create these really impressive sounding titles for not very impressive positions that you may have held. What it will do is gather together best practices in addressing the threat of disinformation from foreign state adversaries from the cartels and disseminate those best practices to the operators that have been executing and addressing this threat for years. So it's all about the cartels. See, he's trying to make this connection with what's going on on the southern border. Now, Jim Garrity at National Review, he says, notice that Mayorkas repeatedly refuses to specify who the operators are. But, as we've already gone over, presumably it's the social media companies. They actually have been, quote, executing and addressing this threat for years, right? And it's not like DHS has ever named Americans or a part of the American population as as a potential threat. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they've done that too. But they're totally not going to be spying on Americans. Please. Dana Bash also said during this interview, she says Republicans are calling it Orwellian. Note the framing that Republicans are calling it that. So she's injecting this or injecting into this uh, uh, the political, the partisan motivation, as if nobody else other than Republicans are critical of this idea. And I know that's not true. I know that's not true. I've seen people, not Republicans, be critical of it. Oh, here's one. Uh, me! Me! I'm not a Republican. I'm unaffiliated. I'm a conservatarian. I'm a libertarian, lowercase l, libertarian, whatever you want to call me. I don't care. I, I don't even know what the, the words mean anymore. But I'm not a registered Republican. I got concerns. So there's an example of why it's not just Republicans calling it Orwellian. But here's a question. How about this for the fact-checking industry? Is it actually Orwellian? Is it? Or is that just a matter of opinion? I think you could probably... Make the case that, no, it is Orwellian because it's in the book. That's the point of the Ministry of Truth, the mini-truth. Anyway, she says, 
They're comparing it to the Ministry of Truth in the novel 1984. So what's Mayorka's response to this? Quote, those criticisms are precisely the opposite of what this small working group within the Department of Homeland Security will do. And I think we probably could have done a better job of communicating what it does and does not do. Because, of course, I've talked about this before. You've heard me say this. Whenever Democrats get called out for bad ideas, bad policy proposals, what do they say? Oh, you know, we probably didn't sell it well enough. It's not that people are opposed to our idea. It's that they're opposed because they don't know. See, they're just ignorant. That's actually a preferable line of attack, apparently, for a lot of our friends on the left. I don't know why they think this, but it's just because we haven't heard their persuasive argument. And once we hear their argument, then we'll be totally on board. Everybody, all the pros will be on board because it's such a great idea. It's not that we reject the idea. It's just that we haven't been taught. We haven't been educated. See, so they just haven't done a good job. It's just our failure to communicate what this body is going to do and not do, which is weird because you had a lot of time to communicate these messages. Hell, you just appeared in front of Congress, gave an opening statement. You could have made these uh, arguments. You could have presented these proposals. You had lots of time. But he says disinformation that creates a threat to the security of the homeland is our responsibility to address. Okay, what if the people that are spreading these, quote, threats to the homeland, what if they're in Facebook groups and they're Americans? You going to monitor them? You going to go after them? Why wouldn't you? Isn't that the whole point? (laughs) 